This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, wherever you get your podcast, leave a rating, leave a review. Tucker and I are going to take those. And if you want to leave a question where you listen to your podcast, it could be about the episode we're doing right now. It could be about anything going on in Philadelphia sports as we get close to the NFL season two weeks away. And, of course, down the stretch of the baseball season, leave a question, leave a comment. We'll do a mailbag episode very soon coming up here. Tucker will join me in a few minutes on our YouTube page as the preseason is is mercifully over. And, you know, people hate the preseason. It's football. It's on TV. I, I don't mind, especially some teams that play some starters. You get you glean something from it or just get excited. Um, I, I, the first preseason game, the second one I watched pretty intently, and I enjoyed it. The last one, just like the old fourth one, it's tough. It, it is. You, know, you get a little bit of maybe a player or two that eventually could become something. There's probably someone that played last night who will help the Eagles this season or help someone this season. So there's something to it. But I, I think today after the final preseason game, is a good time to kind of wrap up what we learned about the Eagles, what I think we learned about the Eagles in the preseason, in training camp, in their practices leading up to where we are now. Because really, now it's just about finalizing the roster, Tuesday's cut-down day, and then that's it. It's preparation for the Patriots in week one for the Eagles. So I've got five. You know, I guess we could throw a sixth one in there, but the sixth one is kind of um, what we've talked about for weeks and weeks, so it's, it's not a revelation. But I've got five things that I really feel that I've – I've accepted, learned, and now understand about this football team. My, my biggest takeaways from the summer for the Eagles as they head into a year trying to defend the NFC crown, win the division again, try to be the first team in 20 years to do this, to win the NFC to back-to-back years and, and try to make it back to the Super Bowl one year after coming this close to winning the whole thing. So the, the first thing that I've learned, and I probably could have guessed this would have been the case, but I didn't know heading into the into the summer is they're going to be really young on defense. They're going to be really young on defense in a lot of ways, in a lot of areas, and there's going to be snaps just based on substitution patterns, injuries within a game where they could have a large number of their players in the field that are very young. So here's what stood out in the youth on defense. Jordan Davis is obviously taking a step from last year this year. He's going to play a lot. Jalen Carter really emerged down the stretch of training camp in the preseason. He's going to have a big role. N'Kobe Dean's going to start at one linebacker. I wouldn't be surprised if Christian Ellis, a young player, 
is with him out there sometimes. I know Cunningham looks like he's going to make the roster. He's a vet. But Ellis looks like the third linebacker, another young guy. Reed Blankenship is clearly the Eagles' top safety right now. And the next safety might be Sidney Brown, a rookie. With the injury to McPherson at corner, with cutting Greedy Williams, the Eagles' corners, I mean, think about it. It's Ringo. It's Ricks. It's Goodrich. It's Job. Like, the guys they have as the depth behind Slay and Bradbury are all young. And, of course, Maddox, they're all young. So th- there could be scenarios here this season where you have two rookie, a first-year and a second-year defensive tackle. You have two young linebackers, a, a second-year safety who was undrafted, a rookie safety who was drafted in the third round, and maybe a rookie, you know, a first- or second-year corner on the field somewhere. That's a lot of youth, and it reminds me a little bit of what the Chiefs did last year where they threw their youth out early in the season, McDuffie, the first-round corner, uh, their, their pass rusher, Carl Loftus, and they really weren't a good defense, I would say, for the first 60% of the season last year. And then it felt like some of those kids started to get it and they became a more competent defense. And you go and look at those playoff games they had, you know, against the Jaguars and against the Bengals and they played solid enough defense. And the second half of the Eagles game in the Super Bowl, they played solid enough defense. So they didn't turn into a top 10 unit. And I don't believe this Eagles defense is going to be as good as it was last year because they have a lot of youth and their best pass rush right now is a broken thumb. But a lot of youth is going to be on the field on defense. I like the strategy. And, and I would rather go this way so there would be some growing pains early, but hopefully they come together by the end of the season. Uh, the second takeaway, and that's with it, and it kind of goes to this whole thing, I think this is going to take some time to gel. Two new coordinators, a lot of youth on defense, as Elliot Parks has told us basically every day, and I'm sure you've heard on the Go Birds pod and whenever Elliot's on WIP, it's been sloppy. The Eagles have been sloppy in training camp in terms of pre-snap penalties, substitutions. I don't think we, we could discount how the, the effect of two new coordinators will have on things. It, it's not just like plug and play, hey, what's the difference? No, it's communication. It's getting on the same page. With Brian Johnson, we don't know if the flow of calling plays, how that will be. I'm more confident there because they have so much on offense that they'll probably figure that out. But defense, it's probably going to take Sean Desai a little while to figure out his his youth, his youngsters, what he get out of Reddick early in the season off the thumb, you know, how to dial up a blitz or not dial up blitz or pressure. It, it's all going to take some time. Now, luckily, the Eagles' schedule is lighter early. Four-point favorites week one, you know, basically touchdown favorites for the next three weeks, almost a touchdown favorite in week five. I mean, they are facing some teams – that are pretty light. So th- this could be a scenario where it doesn't look right. It's a little bumpy, but they win the games early or they win, you know, a, a lot of the games early because it's they're just better. But I do think it's going to take some time to gel for this to look anything like it. Because last year, you know, you go back to just thinking about that team, how they played on defense against the Giants in the playoffs, their offense against the Giants in the regular season, like the, their peak, the best of the Eagles last year, the offense against the Steelers late in October. That thing was a a runaway train. They were hitting on every cylinder. I don't think that's going to happen early in the season. That's going to take time. Another thing that jumped out to me, and I saw this a little bit in my own eyes, but then just reading all the reports daily from camp from everyone who covers the team, and you know, quite frankly, I didn't know if this was possible. I, I wondered this offseason, had we reached a ceiling? And again, health will, will determine results and and if it actually plays itself out, but just based on everything you've heard, Jalen hurts actually might be even better. 
he actually might do it again. And it's it's been the theme of his football life from the time we watched him as a freshman in Alabama, 17 years old, to his progression throughout college, through the times he fell down, to Oklahoma, to we know what he's done with the Eagles, you know, now going into year four. He gets better every year. That's who Jalen Hurts is. But I wondered, and I'm I'm sure you probably wondered, can he do it? Can he actually get better off the of last year? Like and if he couldn't, that's okay because he was second in the MVP voting. If he just sustained the level he was last year for the next X number of years, we're talking about the greatest quarterback in Eagles history. So I, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think he actually might get better. Just reading about his accuracy, his, his you know, I would say consistency throwing the football on camp. Reading the story in Sports Illustrated about how he continues to work on things each offseason. And, and, and this one was about – throwing on the run because you know he last year for as good of a runner he is he really wasn't a prolific thrower on the run you know he would run or he would throw well from the pocket last year but throwing on the run he didn't do as much that could be the next step and the next thing to unlock so Hertz might be even better that stood out to me for everything I saw and read this this summer we might get an even better version of Jalen Hurts they're gonna be really young on defense it's gonna take time to gel Hertz might be even better um, one thing I, I think is is really worth noting, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, and it's it stood out to me the entire camp. And, and this is one area where I think the preseason games could be instructive because you see them. I really don't think the offensive line depth is anywhere close to what it used to be. Even just go back last year. I mean, they had Andre Dillard and Cam Jurgens as backups on this team. And, and obviously Dillard is gone, and Jurgens is a starter now. But do you see that second-team offensive line come in? It's not, it's not very good. And it seems like it's been a down camp for Jack Driscoll. The fact that Josh Sills, who we know had a lot of legal issues off the field and was just cleared to come back, the fact that he like jumped in as the number two guard, that was like, what? Like, he wasn't even here. And all of a sudden, he's, he's the number two uh, left guard or right guard, and you know, he's in that mix to, to be a, a significant backup. Fred Johnson, a guy that you know we barely knew much about, just got an extra year in his contract, which is they think he might be – a guy that can help here. It just feels as thin of an offensive line as we've seen in some time with the Eagles. And that scares me because that's the one area where if there's cluster injuries, it could derail something special. And let's hope there's not cluster injuries and hope that they can just get through it. But they, they really need their offensive line to stay healthy for, for as deep as their defensive line is. And it really is. I and mean, we're talking about they might keep – six or seven defensive tackles because they don't want to lose these guys. They, they have, you know, tons of depth in the pass rush. The offensive line, they really don't. They, you know, this is a year where they really need those guys to stay healthy and play as many games as possible. Because if, if we get to a scenario where they're down two offensive linemen heading into a game, it, it could really change things. I, I don't feel great about where they're at on their backups on the offensive line. I trust Jeff Stoutland because how do you not? But – it just doesn't seem like they're as strong there as they have been in years past. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let me hit one more and then we'll get um, we'll get Tucker's take on what he's, you know, what kind of stood out to him throughout the entire summer and into the uh, end of the preseason here as we get ready for 
the NFL season to start, which is just we're, we're not far. I mean, we're, we're less than two weeks from the opener. Last night was two weeks from the Lions and the Chiefs. The, the other thing that stood out to me this summer, and we kept waiting for it, and there was some rumblings, and and look, it could happen. By the time I'm done recording this and you're done watching it, something could happen. But you look at Howie Roseman's track record, and you go back to his time since since he's come back, right? Since he's become uh, or retaken the GM role for the Eagles, the front office executive role, right? Like since he became the guy again, usually he makes a move this time of the year. You know, since 2016, he's made 17 trades between the first day of camp and the first game of the regular season. So he still has time. This year, he hasn't done it yet. And the Jonathan Taylor stuff was out there this week, you know, talking about linebacker, safety. Nothing's really cooked for the Eagles. Just a little small signings like a Zach Cunningham, Miles Jack. It, it makes me think, that Howie Roseman is saving his big move for in-season this year. And he's done that a lot, too. I mean, look, whether it be Jay Ajayi, whether it be Golden Tate, obviously some haven't worked, like Robert Quinn and Jannard Avery. But he does that as well. When the team is in it, and we all expect this team to be in it, and they should be a, a contender to win the NFC, he pushes his chips in. And, and I'm getting the sense, because nothing's happened in summer, that he's going to let it play out, that he's going to see what he has at linebacker, he's going to see what he has at safety, He's going to see how some of his older players hold up, especially at, at big positions. We're talking about corner, they're older, tackle they're, and center, they're older. Like there could be a scenario where they need something significant in the middle of the season. And look, we're in a, a weird kind of year this year where I think there are two quarterbacks teams might tank for. Caleb Williams is obviously the, the guy at a USC, but I think Drake May could be a, a tremendous pro as well. So there could be a, a weird year in the NFL where – some bad teams like, let's say, the Arizona Cardinals, let's say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Raiders, whoever, just start saying, screw it, we're losing on purpose. And that could lead to a free fall of trades from two or three or four teams, and maybe maybe the Eagles are involved. Maybe the Rams are one of those teams. Who knows? Injury to Fletcher Cox, maybe Aaron Donald this year by the, by the end of October. So I, I think it's interesting how he's been relatively quiet in the trade front so far, again, we have time till, till the first game, but this he's always making trades in August. Right around this time last year was Chauncey Garner-Johnson. They're a little thin at linebacker, a little thin at safety, yet nothing. It makes me wonder if Howie's waiting this time for the big move in the season. Tucker, what, what stood out to you is uh, effectively the, the summer's over. I mean, the, the preseason training camp, it's all over now, and the Eagles just have to finalize their roster. What, what hit you the most uh, over the course of the last you know six weeks or so? Yeah, I think as we look ahead, I think there are going to be a lot of growing pains. And it's something that I don't know. I mean, based off the the high of last year and how dominant they really were from the onset, from week one up through the Super Bowl. I mean, they only lost two games with Jalen Hurts under center, um, you know, over that whatever that was, five months. And I think you kind of look at where this team is now. And even though they return a lot of the same guys, like offensively, you return like nine of the 11 starters from from last year. And defensively, I think it's going to be a little bit of a youth movement, but I kind of look at this team and I don't know if we're going to see the same dominance from week one onwards. Like, I think they have the same kind of top end talent and they can end up in the same spot they were a year ago. But I look at where they are based on the roster, based on the coaching changes they made. And you mentioned, you know, kind of the the youth on defense. I just think growing pains are a given at this point kind of where this team is you have a, a first time uh offensive coordinator in the nfl 
and, and Brian Johnson, who's never done this before. Sean Desai has one year under his belt as a defensive coordinator with the Bears. That didn't really go per- particularly well, although I think he's probably uh, a better defensive mind than than what his track record shows based on that one year. But I think it puts more pressure on Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and, and some of the, kind of the, the top-end stars on this team because if you want to be the number one seed, you want to win 14 games again, you want to have home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs, that's great. But it's going to be up to them. Like the the support system, the the fact that you know this team last year really went like fifty three deep throughout their roster. I just don't think you have that luxury uh, again this year. And after a year where you were incredibly healthy, where you had all twenty two starters suiting up for the Super Bowl, I don't know if you can count on that again. And I don't know if they have the depth to really overcome it. Like I think this team, in you know a perfect scenario, and if everything breaks right, they one hundred percent can repeat last year's success, but I think more realistically, they win 12 games. They win 11 games. I, I think fits. And you, you kind of look at team like the chiefs who every year, maybe stumble a little bit, maybe have, you know, two, three week stretch where they don't look that great, but Patrick Mahomes, you know, kind of pulls one out of his hat and it doesn't kill their season. Kind of need to see that from Jalen hurts. And I hate to say Jalen hurts needs to prove it. And Jalen hurts needs to take another step after being, you know, MVP and runner up a year ago, but you kind of look at this team and everything's riding in my mind on Jalen Hurts and what Jalen Hurts can do. And if Jalen Hurts on a Sunday where maybe the defense isn't doing anything or the offense isn't helping him out, he needs to find a way to win a couple games like that. Cause I, I just don't think everything's going to fall into place as well as it did last year. Yeah, it probably won't. And, and the part on Hurts and, Look, I think he could do it, but and he did it last year a little bit. That the Colts game stands out to me as one he did. But the difference this year compared to last year is when that happened, the defense was good enough last year that he could win a twenty to seventeen game by scoring a touchdown late in the game. This year, San Francisco, uh, Seattle, uh, Seattle, uh, Buffalo, the, you know, the Chiefs. I mean, those games might have to be thirty-one thirty if he's going to pull it out at the end. One quick thing, and as Tucker brought up, growing pains, and it's not going to be as smooth, and all those kind of things. It wouldn't shock me at all if, and there's a lot of turnover in the NFL. But if we have the, you know, the Eagles kind of have a moment like the Bengals did last year. They started off 0 2. They still made the AFC title game. They were this close to getting back to the Super Bowl, and it was the same matchup. It was the Bengals who beat the Chiefs the year ago, and then Chiefs Bengals again. We could be on a collision course if Brock Purdy's healthy to Eagles Niners again in the NFC, and. For as much as the Bengals recovered from their early season stumbles, if they hadn't stumbled as much, if they won one of those two games, perhaps that title game is at Cincinnati, not Kansas City, and maybe it's a different outcome. It all matters, and I do think there's going to be some growing pains. Hurts could be better, and there's going to be a lot of youth on defense. It's going to be fun. We're less than two weeks, so I appreciate everyone watching, subscribing, following the podcast. Leave a rating, leave a review, leave a question. We'll hit it here on the show. Have a great weekend. We're close to football now. We'll talk soon on WIP Daily.